It's almost game time, and you're going inside the lockers with JC and D Hawk on 91.5 KUNV, broadcasting live from the campus of UNLV. And good morning, Las Vegas. Good morning, USA. And you are inside the lockers with JC and D Hawk. And we come to you live every Sunday, 7 to 8 a.m., right here on Jazz and More Station, KUNV 91.5. And we broadcast live from the campus of the gorgeous UNLV here in the desert. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the show, topics you want to discuss, topics you want to chime in on, you can reach us at 702 895 5868. That's 702 895 5868. And when you're traveling, make sure you download the KUNV app for your iPhone or Android. And back uh, locked in after um, technical difficulties last week is our man D Hawk. Hawk, uh, are you coming through out there in Radio Land? What's good, JC? <laughs> I'm back. What's, what's good is the connection is good. That's what's. <laughs> Thank God for that. That's, that's what's good. But let's get right to it. It is a busy day in sports today. It's been a busy day in sports this week. And, you know, let's start right here in the hometown. So, you know, we've been talking about the WNBA uh, predictions uh, for, you know, the better part of the season. Both of us kind of felt the Aces had the um, depth and the team to do it. You know, and they uh, got themselves the, the bye um, along with the um, Connecticut uh, team, Connecticut Sun. And lo and behold, both series are tied 1-1 with the um, Aces playing Game 3 in uh, Phoenix today, coming off a blowout, uh, lost by uh, 25 points at home. Uh, Phoenix went ahead and tied that series up. And uh, although they have, obviously, the great Brittany Griner, it was... Uh, one of the legends of the game, Deanna Taurasi, that kind of just really turned back the hands of time, dropped 36 on them. And, um, of course, the uh, Connecticut Sun, who have had a great season and are you know heavily favored to knock off Chicago, um, they did get back in the win column after Chicago surprised them uh, behind the uh, future Hall of Famer, Kansas Parker. So both series are 1-1. Phoenix will have home court advantage. Uh, now, if they win the next two games, uh, that's it with the best of five. What about going on the road, Hawk, when you're a heavy favorite? Um, any uh, mindset change or, you know, being that it's not an elimination game, just try and, you know, play your game, do what you've done, and, you know, put put the blowout loss behind you? Yeah, you definitely got to have a short memory um, in the playoffs. You can't get too high on the win and too low on the loss. Um, I yep. feel like this game is – this is going to be the – I feel like who wins this game wins the series. I think you're right. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, I think with the short memory, you're right. You know, when you lose a game, you know, by a big amount or even win a game by a big amount, it only counts for, you know, one tick in the score column. That's it. You know, they don't say, wow, you really you really lost, man. You all got two losses on that one. Yeah, you don't get two Ws <laughs> or two losses depending on if you win by 40 or lose by 40. So I'm with you. Just sh just shake it off. But, uh, you know, speaking of sports and playoffs, what a day today for Major League Baseball. I mean, baseball kind of has, 
you know, been in and out with the fans. And then, of course, the pandemic last year. But, you know, they came back this year with a vengeance, setting records for, you know, no hitters and, um, you know, unexpected teams like the Giants. You know, San Francisco Giants weren't even expected to be a 500 team. They set a franchise record for wins with a chance to clinch the division today. But let's talk about that wild card in the American League. Right now, you have the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, you know, I'm always mentioning those teams in the same breath, tied at 91 and 70. And then you have the Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners are a game behind at 90 and 71. All four teams play different teams today. So, theoretically speaking, for the first time in history, if the Yankees and Red Sox lose and the Mariners and the Blue Jays win, you can have a. Um, four-way tie for for the one playoff spot, which is unprecedented. Of course, never have happened before. Now, there's been ties before. The Red Sox and Yankees, um, you know, famously had the game in '78. Of course, the the Bucky Dent home run. Um, for those, uh, you know, those are our older listeners. I know we have a lot of young listeners, but um, what about uh, when you you know? know if you win you're in if you lose you're out uh, how, how do teams avoid you know the dreaded scoreboard watching and just focus on the task at hand did you did you ever have a situation hawk where you know win to get in i, I know that with the uh the big three there's been some of that but with the big three all the games are on the same day so there's really no scoreboard watching or is there well it was kind of with the big three um there's no scoreboard watching until you know, afterwards, are you in this mindset? In this case, you have to just take care, take care of yourself, and let whatever happens happen. You can't really play all those scenarios in your head because, at the end of the day, if you don't win, it doesn't really matter. So doesn't matter, take care, right? Take care, <laughs> take care of business first. Get the W, and then we see how the chips fall after the fact. That's it. I, 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 I know it's hard sometimes when. You know, teams do that. As a matter of fact, there's been different scenarios where the club themselves have actually turned off the scoreboard, shut the TVs. Um, there's been a lot of that. As a matter of fact, I remember that um, in Giant Stadium where the uh, the uh, old Giant Stadium, now it's MetLife Stadium, the Giants had a win on the last day and had to have a couple of scenarios happen. When they do, whenever they do those, you know, wild scenarios in football, how's, here's how you get in. And the... Um, they turned off the scoreboard, but what was happening was, here's the funny part, so many fans were listening the fan, to the game yeah. right on the radio. The fans so, let you know. Right, so there'd be nothing going on uh, on the field, maybe even a break in the action, and then there'd just be an eruption, and everyone's like, wait, what's just happened? You know, nothing's going on the field. Then you realize somebody scored somewhere else, which helped the Giants' chances or something like that, but... Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I know a little bit of a sacrilege talking about the New York Giants and playoffs as they're, <laughs> they're once again 0-3, and the playoffs is look about as far away as the, you know, Jupiter right now. My goodness. I, I tell you, as a fan of any team, uh, but, you know, when you're rooting for a team and there's only, you know, a shortened season or, or in football, you know, only 17 weeks, and you get off to that bad start and you just know right from the jump, like you're not going to be a playoff team when when you look forward to rooting for that team when you're really a fanatic it's it's very difficult to uh to hang in like it's the giants are 0 and 3 they have 14 games left and I'm already miserable it's just it's just like oh my god yeah it's tough for the fans and you know for the players I mean the players right well you know the thing is is that there are those teams that you know 
you can't give up. And case in point, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals were pretty much left for dead. Everyone had already penciled in the uh, the Dodgers and the Padres um, to 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 take the uh, wild card spot. The Padres all of a sudden went on that historic, you know, won two out of seventeen. And the flip side. St. Louis won 17 in a row, 17 yeah. in a row. Uh, and again, you know, bringing up, um, you know, some of the teams I've rooted for and some of the stories from the past, you know, the Miracle Mets in 69, the reason why they were called the Miracle Mets was because with only a month left in the season, they were like, whatever, 15 games out, and then went on this historic, like, 27-2 and two run uh, and overtook the Cubs and then wound up winning the World Series. So for the players, you know, your point, you can't, you can't, mail the season in you got to basically like look let's just get that first one and then if we win out and you got to be thinking that way because teams have done it it's not easy but teams have done it for sure you know yeah definitely can be done and then at the end of the day even if you're not doing it for yourself you you owe yourself you owe the game um just having that integrity to finish the season out and give it the best because you can always play um spoiler well, such a great point. That's a great word, integrity in sports. First of all, if you're a competitor, um, and I've been on some bad teams, uh, e- even traveling teams, you know, AAU back in the day is like, man, do I really want to show up and lose by 30? But if you're a competitor, you know, you you, you just compete. And uh, and you love if you love it and you're not playing for the paycheck, you're playing for the love of the game. And then, of course, where the paycheck is involved, obviously in today's day and age. Yeah, well, not only that. I mean, you know, you're playing for somebody else. If you're on a bad team and you want to make sure you at least remain in the league, you know, you got got to do your part. Right, because if you're on a bad team, some people got to go. And, you know, you don't want want it to be you, you know. So it was – it's always important to uh, put your best foot forward. Great point um, on that end. But I'll tell you, my adopted team – uh, as I've been living here in Vegas now a number of years, and I've I've mentioned many times on the uh, Wednesday show that I was on with Galaxy Glenn and with you, I've adopted all the teams, uh, and I root for them sincerely and honestly. Not that I turn my back on, you know, the teams I grew up with, but certainly uh, love the Raiders, love uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Aces. And speaking of the Raiders, for you know, undefeated. I mean, the undefeated. the Raiders look Great like start. oh my goodness, look like world beaters. One, one of the things that everyone was talking about was that they could score if they could find any kind of defense. And lo and behold, that defense is opportunistic. They're flying around. They're making plays happen. And the offense, you know, a lot of times you build something, right? Like an offense or a defense or something's going to be great. Like everyone basically said, you know, the. The, the 49ers defense was going to be great you know this year I, I haven't seen where they've been great they have not been great I so been at all. yeah just because you get that advanced billing you know you got to live up to it but I will say that the Raiders had the advanced billing around the league that you know now Carr really knows Gruden's system and of course they have you know the great running back and all the speed at the receivers of course Waller's probably the best tight end in the league right now. And they have not disappointed. They're, they're just going up and down the field at will on anybody. Now you factor that the defense has been playing, and they look great. And I'm, and I'm saying, you know, tomorrow night, you know, on prime, another primetime game against the Chargers, who are coming off a very impressive win, uh, going into Kansas City and knocking them off. Um, and Kansas City's 1-2. and two. I mean, I don't, You talk about expectations. I don't think anybody would have expected that. But 
I say it all the time, Hawk. You know, we we talk about it. The greatest reality show, and you and I are both, you know, movie buffs and TV buffs. We're always, you know, recounting the lines from the older shows. But the greatest reality show on television is a live sporting event because you don't know what's going to happen. You know? never know. Unscripted. Uns, uns, yeah. <laughs> Unscripted. And every now and again, things go uh, way off script. So speaking of, uh, you know, hometown teams, you know, quietly, and no one's really talking about it because there's so many other incredible things going on. But hockey has ramped back up. It's not official yet. The first official game will be in about a week. But um, but they have had preseason games. And, um, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, have, you know, really just set a precedent, an, un, an, an uncharted precedent, to be an expansion team and right from the jump, uh, year in, year out, be discussed in the, um, you know, title, uh, you know, conversation. And then... You know, this year, um, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, one of the kind of uh, fan favorites and uh, heroes when he first came here in the expansion draft, uh, you know, won't be, um, you know, won't be with the uh, uh, the Knights. So basically, it's a, it's, it's a new era here because, you know, the jerseys, his jerseys were always in the, uh, in the stands. When you, when you were um, uh, at uh, Temple, and of course, one of the all-time greats at Temple, did you go back, like, just even to watch games, Hawk, right after you graduated, or was it impossible for you because you were, you know, signed to a professional contract and were playing overseas? And if you did go back, what was it like when, like, just a year ago you were the man and now you're walking around and you're out of there? Just that kind of feel for when you're so beloved um, and then you leave, whether it's through trade or free agency or even retirement or, in your case, you know, graduating and, and moving on to your pro career. What's that like to go back home? Uh, do you miss it? Is it uh, what, what's the feeling there? Yeah, you, you miss it for sure. Um, and if you're lucky enough to, to leave on good standings and have a you know, right. decent career, yeah, right. you want to come back and see, you know, you want to get that love back. You miss it. Um, the fans, the students cheering for you. So, yeah, I would, I would go back to Temple and catch games and um, show my support. And the fans and the students will still, you know, remember me. And um, it's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling for sure, um, because that's those are the best years of your life. Um, even playing professional sports, whatever you do, everybody tells you enjoy those those years in college because it happens fast. And um, the experience that you experience during college, you'll never experience again. So it's kind of um, when you go back, it's kind of like wow. I remember this, remember this. You walk around campus, like, well, have those memories of, dang, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. But you also feel like, dang, I'm the, I'm the old man. I'm already gone. And then you were the man on campus. Now you see the next man on campus walking around. So, yeah, the, the clock turns. and But it's a good feeling to go back and, and give back to your, your team where you put, put all that blood, sweat, and tears into. Yeah. And you and you were one of the greats, and your, your records are still up there. And, um, you know, people got to, you know, have quite a career to kind of, uh, you know, jump ahead of you in the scoring column and some of the great things you did there. And, you know, let's give uh, Temple football some love. You know, they were playing Memphis, and I said, yeah. you know, man, T- Temple can't match up with Memphis. And then Memphis was ahead 17 nothing. and I said, oh, man, you know, I should have bet on this game. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as you run through the final scores, I said, wait a second, who, who won? Uh, Temple. Temple, but you know that's you know Hawk. You were mentioning it early in this program. You you just you can't give up. You got to just keep playing. 
you know, down 17 nothing to a team they were, you know, predicted to lose to, it's very easy as a player to turn it off. And, and again, I don't know what happened. I didn't see the ins and outs of the games. There were some incredible uh, matchups yesterday. I didn't happen to see that one. But I think a lot of times when a team does go up, you know, that whole step-on-the-throat mentality, when you basically feel like, oh, we're supposed to win this, and you just turn off, and the other team, you know, they didn't read the script. Like, we was, they didn't get that script. They're like, okay, you know, you jumped out to this early lead, but we're going to come back, and to come all the way back and win those games um, shows a lot of character there uh, for a program that is not, you know, uh, traditionally known for football, although they have had some some great players and, of course, have had a couple of great seasons through the years um, you know, uh, football-wise, do you catch many Temple games, or do you just kind of check them out in the stands, um, in the standings uh, after the fact? Well, are you talking about as far as football? Yeah, I football. <clears throat> it's been some years. Um, we used to get together and have a, a tailgate party, and the, the alumni would come back, and we'll go catch maybe the homecoming game. But it's been some. It's been a few years since I've been up there for that, just because of availability to get there at that time, and but. Um, I'm thinking about going this this season for sure for the for the homecoming game. Well, I'll tell you, I was uh, speaking with you because not necessarily uh, the Philly area, but where you live, the Maryland area. You know, they just hosted a big game on Friday night. Maryland played host to uh, Iowa, and you know, battled the unbeaten's. And of course, um, you know, the younger brother of Tua Tagovailoa is, is the quarterback and having a great season. Yeah. And uh, uh, a lot of people were picking uh, Maryland to pull off that upset. And again, the spread at the time of kickoff was only a three-point game. So you know, obviously, giving uh, Maryland all the chances in the world from a you know um, prediction standpoint. But oh my goodness, uh, you know, uh, it was seven-three at the end of the first quarter. You know, it was very similar to us with uh, uh, Marquette. You know, at the TBT where we were ahead in the first quarter and then got smacked around. That's pretty. <laughs> that's what happened to Maryland. But you know, uh, Tiger. Uh, just started throwing it to the wrong jersey. Hard to win a game when um, you start turning the ball over because not only does it just you know put your team in a bad position, but as a, a, as a young player, you know on national TV, when you when you make a series of mistakes, I don't care who you are, it's so important, you know, mentally, and uh, we're going to be talking about mental health later. But to put it out of your system, but when you have multiple mess ups. You're just human, you know. It's you. It's it, it, we want to turn it off, but you can't turn it off. But you've played on a lot of national championship games. Was there ever a game, Hawk, where the first half you're like so just geeked up for the game, you can't wait, and you know people are going to be watching you, and this is why you went to go play big time uh, college sports. Didn't have the half that you wanted, and was able to push it out, or does it? Does it creep into your mind and affect the second? I know, I know what we're saying should happen. I'm asking what does happen because certainly Tagovailoa was rattled. It was obviously rattled, and uh, Iowa wound up blowing out Maryland. I mean, they won by 30 points. It wasn't even close uh, from the second quarter on. Yeah, it could happen. It could go either way. Um, honestly, um, that's why it's a good thing that you have that halftime to though settle down. And uh, I know sometimes when you get a on the opposite side of it, you start off on fire, and you everything all everything's working on the same cylinder. Then you almost wish that it wasn't no halftime, so you could just play all the way through. Right. Just start that run. But it, the first is to tell the two halves. Um, when you come out and you 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 know you're not living you're not to living up to your own personal expectations, and your team is down, 
you go to that halftime and you kind of like regroup. Right. And one thing that used to help me is, you know, you try to, it's hard to, but you got to be able to block out, you know, the fanfare, um, just get to the simple things. The game is the game. You go back to your practices. All You kind of remind yourself, I've been here before. You know, I didn't put all this work in for a reason. Right. And if it works out, then mentally you go overcome that that slump, and hopefully you don't have to wait to the next game to, um, to bounce back. You could do it in the second half. Yeah, go back to what you know, fundamentals in all sports, whatever sport it is. You know, if you just go back to what you've been doing the whole time, you know, your body's not going to forget how to do it. Sometimes just you're not getting the breaks. Sometimes there's a lid on it. And other times, you know, sometimes every shot you throw up, even the unorthodox ones go in and it all kind of evens out. you know, let's uh, let's let the fans know for those just tuning in, maybe haven't been following us uh, these past weeks, uh, or if you're driving in your car and you're flipping around stations and uh, wanting to hear jazz and more on Sundays, uh, Hawk and I do a sports takeover at Sports and More, uh, right here on 91.5 KUNV, and uh, I'm your man JC. D Hawk is uh, uh, riding shotgun, and we. You know, bring you the sports uh, beat every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. And we broadcast live on the campus UNLV. We'd love to hear from you, you know, cell phone or, you know, uh, reaching out to us at 702-895-5868. Comment on anything we're talking about if you have something on your mind or a team or sports item you want to bring up. And uh, for those of you who haven't been following the show, uh, right in the middle at 730 uh, we get a view from a hawk's nest, and we've had some really, really great topics. Um, and Hawk's got another great one today. Uh, and, you know, be sure to, you know, listen up on that one. We're going to be talking about mental health. And, you know, Hawk, it was um, – I love this topic that you're doing because it was uh, – they announced it during the Maryland game on Friday that this weekend was um, – uh, the Big Ten uh, Mental Health Initiative. And I know that every conference hasn't necessarily adopted an actual weekend like the Big Ten has. But, you know, right after that, uh, later on in the day, I saw a commercial uh, calling, um, you know, remove the stigma. And this was from the Colts. Uh, it was a national television commercial. And I saw, you know, Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy, Snoop Dogg was in it. And uh, really excited to hear your thoughts uh, on that, but we we spoke a little bit of it last week with Cappy. I, I know that you were listening last week. Um, you just we couldn't hear you speaking, but you know, ha- have more and more people been speaking about um, mental health? The aspect. What do you think is more important, that the body's right or the mind is right, going into a game? Well, just because it's a game of physicality. And athleticism mostly when you talk about sports the body I feel like is important and probably more important but at the same time the body doesn't go without the mind so I feel like it could be it should be like equal um, you have to for sure be physically fit or that's why you get in shape to be able to do pull out the rigorous um, <clears throat> deal with the um, the difficulties and the the physicality of the game, but mentally you have to be there too because your body's only going to follow the mind. Well, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna make a definitive statement, and I understand everything you're saying. I'm saying, 
both are important. There's no doubt about that. But I'm saying the body because I'm telling you right now, I could have all the determination and the will and the positive mindset in my mind right now. And, brother, I can't run from here to the corner without collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my mind could be – well, the first thing I do is like, I throw the donut out my hand because I can run fast without carrying the donut. Uh, of course, if I'm running to the nearest In-N-Out burger, I might go a little faster than normal. But that's a, these are stories for another day, folks. Let's keep, let, me, let me not digress. Uh, this is a sports show. Uh, not no, not my uh, my diet habits, but but I'm with you, bro. You you need both. You certainly need both to perform at a high level. Um, the mental aspect is every bit as important. I mean, you look at shooters that you know get so messed up in the head they can't. You know, they're shooting air balls. I mean, you know, it's something that they've done their whole life, and all of a sudden can't hit the side of a ball. Yeah, again, can't even hit the rim just because so mentally uh, twisted. And and again, going back to Simone Biles, someone who's done. 8 million jumps and twists uh, better than anyone or as good as anyone has ever done it with gold medal after gold medal and felt that she could do bodily harm to herself because mentally she felt she couldn't, you know, perform something she'd done. So, you know, the mind is a very powerful component of um, athletic performance, no doubt about it. But obviously, you know, uh, if, if you physically can't get out there. And, and, and speaking of not getting out there, uh, we'll make our predictions later, but one of the uh, more fun matchups in the NFL this weekend, we spoke about, obviously, the hometown Raiders playing on Monday Night Football tomorrow. But for today, one of the bigger matchups is uh, Tom Brady returning home uh, to New England uh, as Tampa Bay is going to play uh, the Patriots. And... Um, I got to say, I was very surprised when they asked Belichick, who normally kind of deflects all media questions and gives the one-word answer, very famous, been parodied a lot in different uh, comedians. But he actually gave a full-voiced uh, answer, and he said um, publicly that he had said many times on record, and he's not going to change it now, that if he had a game that you know he wanted to coach, the guy to coach is Tom Brady. He was lucky to have him, and um, the best to ever do it. And and I got to say, if, if that was a um, veteran quarterback that's quarterbacking the Patriots, that might be a slap in the face. I, I think you can get away with it because it's Mac Jones, and maybe even if it is somebody great, you just have to defer because of all of Brady's accolades. But um, did you see it, Hawk? And are you surprised Belichick, who's normally very close to the vest with his comments, said something uh, so over the top? Or is it mind games, uh, killing him with kindness, yes. and then behind the scenes, you know, he wants uh, four sacks, three picks, and a uh, an upset because um, Tampa Bay is uh, a seven-point favorite over New England? Yeah, for one thing he's not going to do is, is, is uh, poke the bear and, you know, say anything negative or get Tom any, any extra motivation coming to the game. So I think he played it the right way, even if it is a mind game. But I think he actually, it was genuine because, I mean, even like you said, even if it is a, unless it's an Aaron Rodgers or, for instance, you have Peyton Manning or Drew Brees back there. Right. Everybody understands that, you know, Tom is, is the ghost. So they couldn't even, you know, take it a certain way because they probably would feel the same way about Tom and his career. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised by it because we know just – you build you you build, you win championships together. You put you've been in the trenches together. You build that camaraderie and that and uh, that relationship and that rapport. I feel like Belichick really adores Tom and 
Yeah, I agree with you, Hawk. I mean, at the end of the day, this man won six world championships with him at quarterback, and he can't even get into the playoffs since he left. I mean, I know that they're trying to make it seem like, you know, Belichick ran Brady out of there on a rail, uh, but that's ridiculous. First of all, it's not the truth. And and second of all, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, everything that is going to be, you know, thrown at Bill Belichick as a coach all the accolades, the greatest of all time, and I don't think he's the greatest of all time. If you've watched enough documentaries on Vince Lombardi, um, and the reason why I do give it to Vince Lombardi is basically because it, his men loved him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Vince Lombardi won all those championships, and his men adored him. And Belichick's won a ton of championships, and you know, most a lot of guys, a lot, not everybody, but a lot of guys can't stand them. Right. You know, so that's you not yeah, respect them, but don't like them. But but overall, I mean, there's no way that uh, Bill Belichick isn't appreciative of uh, what they accomplished together. And, and he's not he's, he's a great football coach. doesn't mean he's an idiot. He absolutely knows that Tom Brady has won incredible uh, games. And not only that, one could argue, what about the Super Bowls he lost? You know, a couple of miracle plays um, uh, on offense by the Giants. Uh, you know, and I'm a Giants fan. Some misplays by the defense. But um, with all that said, uh, going to be fun to watch today. There's a lot of great stuff to watch today. We're going to take a um, a short break for, you know, uh, do some housekeeping station-wise. And when we come back, we look forward to uh, another incredible view from the Hawks. Now, see you in a minute. And we're back to Inside the Lockers. And uh, for those of you joining us, uh, JC and D-Hawk, we come at you live every Sunday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. That's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on the East Coast. And we're very fortunate to have... People tuning in all over the country listening to us. We're very excited about how well the show is doing. Uh, 91.5, you can find us, KUNV. The call in number is 702-895-5868. For those of you who have been following us, you know uh, right after our break we have uh, a little editorial comment, a view from the Hawk Nest. The topics have been ranging from anywhere to who is the greatest in sports to you know what should a player do after they... Um, uh, finish college, do they want to go you know, right to the pros, is going to a secondary league, like a European league, you know, the way to go, is it giving up your dream if you do that, just some great topics, and we're excited to hear another one, Hawk, what do you got for us this week on View from the Hawk's Nest? Thanks, JC. Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in to another installment of Views from the Hawk's Nest. Um, this time, I'm going to take you into the world of mental health and how it relates to, you know, sports, both professional, amateurs. Um, it's a thing now, and for sure the awareness of it has been raised. I'm happy for that because it's needed. But I want you to follow me into this. Um, imagine a player being injured, and um, and it's a big game coming up, and, you know, you go through your treatments, you go through, you try to do everything you can to physically be ready. And the player comes and he's trying to figure out should he play or not play. And play meaning should I tough through it? You know, sports and uh, a lot of people say, a lot of people say, you know, tough it out, tough it out, you're tough. You know, this is the physical side of it. And naturally he could play and have a great game and, you know, be praised because, oh, he played injured and still won. Or he could make that decision like I don't want to hurt myself even more 
or hurt hurt my team, hurt my teammates. So let's take it to the mental side of it. Um, imagine a player um, struggling uh, with any issue, depression, whatever the case may be. And, you know, it used to be like, um, sadly, you come through and you say, you, can't, you couldn't come to your coach or your teammates and be like, hey, I just don't have it today, you know. I'm off. Uh, I'm dealing with something, X, Y, and Z. They kind of look at you and be like, ah, you're soft. You know, play through it. Are you tough? Or you're afraid of this moment? And with that being said, people would kind of defer from saying it. They could be feeling bad and it not be there, but I'd rather not say it to somebody because I'm going to be looked at a certain way. But on the flip side of that, that could actually hurt their team. And you not being there um, 100% for them. It kind of like it. What I'm trying to say is, should a player be able to, or should a player be able to, just like they if they have an injury, a physical injury, sprained ankle, anything, be able to come to that team or come to that doctor and be like, "Hey, I'm dealing with something today. I'm struggling with something. I'm not myself. I'd rather not play and hurt my team." Or should they be able to just play through it and tough it out and um. I feel like a player should definitely be able to voice that um, without any impunity, uh, without being looked at as being soft or anything, because it is a real thing. It is, it's, it is like, for lack of a better word, an injury. If you're not 100% there, you're at a handicap, and you shouldn't be able. You shouldn't feel like you can't speak to somebody or bring to somebody because you'll be viewed viewed at in a negative light. Um, because at the end of the day, you can hurt yourself and hurt your teammates more than help them. Because I feel, like I said, we spoke about earlier, the physical part is important, but I feel like the mental part is just as important because you, your mind, your body follows the mind. And like, I'm glad that the awareness of it has been, you know, it's been more to the, been brought to the light now. And people are trying to look at it. They're coming around. Some people still feel a way about it, like like with the Simone Biles situation. A lot of people were still looking at her like, uh, you, this is what you do. Like, you're superhuman. They couldn't deal with the fact that this, this Olympian, this one of the most celebrated Olympians, couldn't do something because it wasn't a physical injury. But I feel like we're moving in the right direction as far as the awareness of it. And I feel like a player should be able to come to their team and speak about, you know, something that they're going through um, mentally and be looked at the same way as like a physical injury. What do you yeah. think, JC? Yeah. I, first of all, another great uh, topic and incredible that you always, you know, picking these topics that are just give food for thought. So um, what I think is this, I, I think it is exactly equal to it, and, and but here is the stigma, and you, you brought it up. So let's take this Patriots game. Uh, you know Rob Gronkowski wants to go back to Boston. Now, he might want to go back to Boston for different reasons than Brady, where Brady wants to go back and be like, hey, you know, you should have— you know, not let me leave. You should have surrounded me with the love and respect I deserve. All those kinds of things that yeah. people are making for the story. 
Gronk, Gronk is beloved. You know, everybody just loves Gronk, and he would go back there, and they'd give him a standing ovation, pats on the back, a good old boy. He's got fractured ribs, so not only is he not playing, he's actually not making a trip, I heard, which, you know, even just to be celebrated and, you know, soak all that in, right? Now, cracked ribs is something that everyone could point to as very tangible, right? But if you're not right in the mind, let's say your best friend passed away or or a loved one or something that you've been dealing with, you, you found out, you know, uh, nobody knew that your girlfriend was pregnant and she and she lost the baby or something like yeah. that. You know, there could be a million things where your head is somewhere else, you know. And if you're a receiver and you don't, like, have your head on a swivel and you're not just locked in, you know, it could be a million things. Or even a case of the drops, right? Like, you're just, you're just you're a little bit off. You could hurt the team. You could hurt yourself. But if you go to a coach or a GM and say something emotional is injuring me, let's use that word, is injuring me today, and I can't go, because nobody could see it, boom, there's the stigma. Boom, there's the weakness. You know, suck it up. We all got to deal with something. We all, you know, all those kinds of things. So I think what's happening in sports today, all the support is is basically trying to say that, and here's the phrase that's going around, and I kind of like it, the phrase is, it's okay to not be okay. Right. And what they're trying to let people know is like, this has been going on since the beginning of time, but now if you want to say something, we're not going to come at you and hit you with punk, weak, soft, because those are the things, right? When you look at an athlete, they're chiseled, they're in shape, they're looked at as God, superhuman, all the different things that they are you know, given uh, respect for you know, on the field of play. The moment you allow or the perception that you're not, you know, playing because of something abstract, right? It's not a broken bone. It's not, you know, and again, Terrell Owens famously played with a broken bone and balled out even though the Eagles lost. You know, there's all those uh, moments of courage. And then and then even on the mental side of it, right, when Brett Favre had one of his best, you know, performances ever as a pro after his father had passed away or the night that the day his father died, if he played the night later that yeah. night, his father would want him to play. So everyone wants to compare, but everyone is different. People yeah. do have different emotions. So that's then, what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, that's a good point you brought up because it doesn't mean just like a guy can play through a sprained ankle, play through you know physical injury. It doesn't mean that you can't play through it. You know, um, your best friend passing or your father just passing, because that sometimes might motivate you to, you know, dig deeper. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. You shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't feel like you can't speak on it or can't not play. It still should be your decision to play, whether you're injured or not, or have a, you know, dealing with something mentally or not. But I feel like it shouldn't be looked at as, you know, a negative light. No, a negative, and that's what, and that's what, and that's what removed the stigma. There's a movement by the. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, they've actually done commercials with Snoop Dogg and Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy. And the reason why they're inserting these kind of men into the commercial is these men are all machismo, right? Macho. I mean, look at, you know, Peyton Manning, NFL quarterback, Snoop Dogg, you know, thug life, respected the whole thing. And everyone's talking about it's okay to not be okay. And, and, and I'll just say this, you know, and I know it's not sports, but if you watch a movie called Eddie and the Cruisers, you know, he's very, very close to his uh, saxophone player. 
and the saxophone player dies, and the uh, star of the movie, Michael Parry, comes out to the uh, microphone, and he says, um, uh, this morning I buried my best friend, and now they want me to come on, out and entertain you. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that, and he walks off stage. And in other words, what it is is that he exposed in that moment a scene in the movie that his mental health was not going to allow him to do what he needs to do at a level that you want to see him do it. You paid good money to see him perform. And I think that's what we're trying to say about the athletes, that you know they have to be given that same courtesy of an injury with the mental that they would be given with the physical. But another great topic. What, what what's your name and uh, uh, where you calling from and uh, what can we what can we answer for you today? Sure, Hi, my name is Carlos Mack. I'm actually calling from Delaware by way of Maryland, and I'm loving the topic about mental health today, and especially uh, from you guys. I love the show, JC and Hawk. You guys are doing your thing, but I just wanted to chime in on this mental health subject. So when you think about uh, you know our, our leaders, we're talking about uh, you know society, our country. Uh, community, right? These these athletes are the individuals who our youth are looking at, looking up to, and they're looking at how they cope with their situations, right? So when you, when you think of that, you think about the trauma that they're experiencing, the anxiety, the depression, and how are they how are they dealing with that? And I think what we need is uh, for our leaders to start showing by example. And uh, shout out to the ones that's doing it. Yeah, lead, I mean, when you say leaders, you mean even like in political situation, not only sports, right? Or are you talking about more the coaches and the GMs of sports? Oh, for sure. So, so we're talking about our public figures, JC. So, right, so we're right. talking about all of our athletes because uh, it's a sports show. But if you want to talk about community as well, we got politicians, um, um, actors, entertainment, experiencing depression, anxiety. They have they they've had um, sexual trauma that they're not addressing. And I think that a lot of the uh, the the actual acts that uh, our leaders are doing out that may not be as favorable to their actual image is actually uh, being factored in by a lot of their mental health issues. And I think once they start to deal with those um, kids in our community, as well as adults who follow in the suits of a lot of these athletes and entertainers, will start to get the treatment that they need. And we'll have a better community. I I couldn't agree with you more. And the funny thing is, I think it all ties into the same, you know, that word stigma. I think once you have a position of a platform or authority or leadership or or even just a profile, right, a high profile, high paying job, uh, you know, once you basically announce some kind of what's perceived as I'm broke, I'm broken. Even though you're not broken, you're human. But the perception is I'm broken. Some people already have put in their mind that they're going to tumble off of that perch. And because it has not been talked about the way it's being talked about now, that you can, you know, say I'm not okay doesn't mean I'm permanently not okay. means I may not be okay at this moment. means I might be going through something right now, but I can come through it. And it's good for me to talk about it so that I can come through it sooner and better. And and you mentioned actors, and I think that's a really great point because those are individuals that are absolutely up at that level. But you look at some of the people, you know, that we've lost. I mean, you you look at an actor like, of course, Robin Williams. You know, was, yeah, was famously, you know, was diagnosed with um, an illness that was only going to debilitate him more and more. 
and couldn't view himself as someone who was going to be less and took his own life. I mean, just because, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, there are other people who struggle in and out of, you know, drug issues, but they struggle because of a place of lack of mental health. Chris Farley was someone who was beloved and never realized how beloved he was, was always struggling with, with his kind of mental place in this world. And although he didn't die on purpose, he was obviously not, you know, doing the right things because he was having a hard time coping. And, and, and I yep. think that's, you know, that's the thing, too, when you can't release to the public, I need help because you are someone who all of a sudden will the public still adore me as an actor, as a as a as a as a movie person, as a um, as a as an athlete. And then to your point, as a leader, right, if I'm a mayor or if I'm, you know, uh, you know, people obviously question Trump's mental health. And right now people are questioning not necessarily Biden's mental health, but his mental faculties. But even mm-hmm. that, even to hear that kind of pressure and that kind of scrutiny, if he did need a moment, let's say his issues were therapy-based and not right. senility-based, would he even be allowed to right. say, hey, I need a minute? No, because, because of the pressure. Exactly. Right, right, right. And, that, and, that, and that, as they see, that goes, back, that, goes, that goes back to Hawkeye's point, right, about should athletes be able to say it, you know, without being judged, without the stigma, right, without – you know, a whole a hundred questions. Just say, "Hey, I need a I need a mental health day. I can't go to practice. I can't go to the game. I don't want to. I don't need to answer all of these questions. Um, I'll be back to work." The same way they would if they had suffered uh, a, a medical condition, whether they broke a leg or sprained an ankle. They, we should, we need right. to get that clarified. And, and, yes. it, yep. and, and it is a medical condition. And right. and here's the exactly. thing I'll say that I think is going to be the next evolution. Once upon a time. Um, when a woman was pregnant, she did not have that kind of freedom to take time after the baby was born or before there was baby born. Obviously, the terminology is maternity leave. And it had to become something that was actually instituted as a right, as a privilege, as a law, that if a woman yep. wanted to have uh, some time off or needed some time off, for quote-unquote maternity leave, she had the right to come back exactly in her position, would not lose her job. All those things had to be put into law. I think that has to grow to a point where a person can say, whether it's a politician, a position of leadership, uh, an educator, uh, a dean of a university, uh, certainly an athlete, where they have to be able, under the rights of a federal law, that they can say, I have a right to say I need two weeks of mental health and you can't fire me. You can't demote me because my rights yep. are protected. We have we, we don't have that yet right now. We're just talking in a conversational way publicly that do not right. scrutinize, do not stigmatize, do not, you know, defer a person's rights to not be OK by, you know, demoting them in some way. So right now it's it's conversation, and that's important because the conversation has to get started. That's how change yep. happens. But I think we do need that at the uh, legal level so that somebody can have not only the emotional support, but you want to have that stature, statute and stature, like I can say this and not be get my something taken away because that's the biggest fear, right? The biggest fear right. is that it's taken away from me because I showed vulnerability. Um, and meanwhile, for you men out there, and I'm not talking about mental health, just but uh, 
The women like the vulnerability. I, I've always seemed to get a lot more action, Hawk, when I was vulnerable rather than being, you know, the Sicilian from Brooklyn. <laughs> Just keeping it, keeping it real out there for you in America. You know, it is it is early in the morning. But, but Carl, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yes, uh, great, great commentary. Appreciate the thoughts. And uh, certainly with you that it is something that needs to be dealt with and respected rather than dealt with in a negative way or a debilitating way, taking shots at our leaders. And if you are out there and in a position of leadership, do not, I repeat, do not try and go it alone. Don't be afraid to say to someone, I'm in a position of authority. People look up to me. People depend on me to be my best. I might need to talk about it. And those people who have the courage to do that, let's not punish them Let's support them, and then when they get the help that they need or the moment that they need, they can feel comfortable that they will not have lost their position. And that's very, very important for all of us to support those people because that's the only way someone's going to come forward when they feel like their whole life isn't going to be shattered because they tell somebody for a moment, I need a minute, you know, and everybody at one time or another has needed a minute. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much. I appreciate you. Keep doing your thing, and much love. Appreciate Take care. Thank you. Well, Hawk, uh, you know, again, your your topics just continue to inspire, continue to generate conversation, um, and and I love it. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a one of the more enjoyable features uh, that we have uh, every time, and so glad that we're able to, uh, you know, navigate some of these little technical glitches which you know have not really popped up early uh you know kind of have popped up a little bit later but that's live radio and we're pushing through it but it is time hawk for our pick segment and um you know we're gonna run it right down we got some uh, minutes left gonna start um with uh your hometown club but they are on the road and that's the uh, Washington football team still waiting for a name, by the way, out there. If you, you know, <laughs> Washington football team, whatever that means. Uh, every time I see that WFT, you know what I'm thinking, right? What that it's a, it's a little bit of a typo, a little bit of a typo, you know, exactly. WTF, you know. But, uh, but Atlanta got their first win over the Giants. So, again, it's the Giants, so you're going to get your win over the Giants. Uh, they have not played up to the defense. Uh, Taylor Heineke has played well. Uh, got them the one win. Uh, what do you like in this game here, Hawk? I think that they. I think Washington goes down there and, uh, and gets the win. I, I'm with you. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll lay the one and a half. Not sold on Atlanta. Beating the Giants late is no great feat. Uh, Matt Ryan is still a talent, but I think um, uh, I, I think there's not much more around them. Uh, like. Uh, um, the Washington football team to notch that win. Now we have a whole nother mess. The whole you know week of shows could be uh, dedicated to what the heck's going on with the Houston Texans, whoever the quarterback is or whoever the quarterback should be or, or blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, um, this looks like an incredible spread for an NFL game. 17 and a half uh, Buffalo um, at home, Houston. Uh, who do you like in the game, and then who do you like with the spread? We normally don't talk spreads on this show. Who do you like in the spread there, Hawk? Yeah, I actually think I, I like Buffalo straight out for sure, but I, I don't think they cover that 17 and a half. It's kind of because of it, I have to go the other way. Yeah, so here's you here's my thought here's my thought on that. I think that that is how everyone's going to think, and I think these uh, line makers get paid a lot of money for the fact that they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So 
in that respect, uh, being a veteran of watching these types of things, that half a point is such a hook. It's such a tease. It's like, oh, 17, but I'm going to cover with the half. Yeah, 38 to 7, you don't cover the 17 and a half. So, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, be close. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Okay. Uh, plus, Buffalo wears the patches. Shout out to all my patch wearing bills out there. Shout out to um, B1 family. B1 family. So, uh, we got uh, this is an interesting matchup, and I, I got my take on this one, but I uh, still have not named the starter in Chicago. It could be Dalton, it could be Fields. Uh, both are ready to go. They're playing it close to the vest, trying to kind of, I don't know what you accomplish by not saying it. When you walk out on the field, they're going to know who it is. But um, they're saying it's two different styles, so you got to prepare for both. Detroit Lions, who have been so close, lost an excruciating one last week on a record field goal kick. They go into the Chicago. Uh, the Lions-Bears are always a uh, matchup, usually the Thanksgiving matchup. Who do you like in this one, Hawk? I think I think Detroit goes in there and gets their first win. Like you said, they were close a couple of times, and I think um, I think they 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 dig deep and get that win. I think Detroit. Field. I'm with you. I this is my they're a three point dog, so I guess you're gonna call it an upset. This is my upset special today. I think Detroit wins this game outright. Uh, certainly take the points if they're giving them to you, but Detroit is playing hard. They're close. Chicago's a dumpster fire. They have not figured it out. I think Nagy's days are numbered. Might be a brilliant mind. Might be a well-thought-of guy, but you know what? The proof is on the field, and they just don't look like they know what they're doing. Uh, I really like Detroit in this spot. I think they think that they can get a win. Uh, so as far as having their hearts broken, I think they come out today and I think they see themselves, um, you know, as capable. Now, this is your team, not your hometown team, but the team that you love. Right. This is a great matchup today, uh, the Cowboys against Carolina. In Dallas, um, Sam Donald has completely uh, started to look like the, you know, number two draft pick. You know, he went from the Jets where everyone was basically writing this guy's career off to Carolina where he may be playing in the Pro Bowl. Uh, of course, Dak has you know just completely lived up to all the hype and all the expectations. Looks healthy. The Dallas uh, defense, which has been criticized, still giving up a lot of big uh, plays, but making a lot of big plays. So may they, not, may, may they not be stout on defense? They are doing good defensive things. Who do you like in this game, Hawk? Um, I think. I mean, nah, I know it's biased. I'm always pick the Cowboys, but for real, I think just. Um like you said, the defense is making some big plays. I think Zeke is going to come off. Is going to continue to feed off his game last last um, last game, and Dak is is looking good. I think the Cowboys um, cover. Yeah, I think Cowboys are definitely the team in the East. I don't think anyone else is going to get there. I think they're going to be a playoff team this year, provided, of course, they stay healthy. However, I don't like the four, so while I would not be surprised to see Dallas win, I would not be surprised to see Carolina win outright, I do think the game is going to be nip and tuck back and forth. Probably one of the better games to watch today, but I'll take the four because of that. Uh, Indianapolis is a team that I, I think has just been banged up. I think uh, they have a lot of talent. I think they're very well coached when I watch them play. Um, going on the road, trying to get their first win, a uh, team that was a playoff team last year. Um, you know, Carson Wentz has not been bad. He hasn't been good, but he hasn't been bad. He's not been what I would say the problem. Miami looks like a mess. Uh, Tua is definitely not, um, you know, uh, going to play for a number of weeks now as Jacoby Brissett has taken over. 
I like when I see him play, and yet they don't put points up. Miami's defense is very opportunistic. I think obviously the Raiders uh, really showed how good they are by um, you know against a good defense. Who do you like here, Colts uh, going into Miami, Hawk? I think if the Colts are going to try to get in the win column, this is the game right now, and they need to take advantage of it. I think that they do. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Colts grab him as well. Another entertaining game, uh, Minnesota, who's 1-2 and two, but has played well. Kirk Cousins having probably his best season ever as a pro. Cleveland, you know, just has the one loss, probably shouldn't have lost to Kansas City. They've looked really good otherwise. Uh, this game is basically a pick em. Uh Cleveland on the road in Minnesota. Who do you like there, Hawk? I think um, Cleveland gets it. Uh, I I, I got to say, I, I think that the one thing you can expect in this game is points, points a ton sure. of points. Um, I guess I lean a little bit toward Cleveland, but, you know, uh, Minnesota impressed me last week. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see them win it, but I'll, I'll go ahead and take Cleveland as well. Uh, Giants, New Orleans, let's not even talk about it. Saints, <laughs> thanks, next. Uh, Tennessee, Jets, you know, again, I would say next. The only thing is Tennessee has a lot of key people out. I mean, at the a end of the day, out, yeah. uh, what makes te- what makes any team a better team is you have to basically have the players. Um, so for that reason, I think the Jets cover. Hawk, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. They take advantage of those injuries. All right, last one, Hawk. We only got a second left. Tampa Bay, New England, who wins it? Oh, let's go. I think I think for the homecoming, Bill Belichick, he, he gets it. Uh, I think Tampa Bay wins it. I think New England covers. That's going to do it for us inside the lockers every Sunday at 7 a.m., 91.5 AUMV, and we will see you next week. Have a blessed Sunday.